Chapter 7 of St. Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ by St. Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 The Circumcision of Our Lord Jesus. Upon the eighth day after the blessed infant was born, he was carried to the temple to be circumcised according to the law of Moses. Two great mysteries were performed on this day. The first is that the blessed name through which only salvation is to be obtained was this day made manifest to the world, and our blessed Lord and Saviour publicly called by the name of Jesus, which name had been given him by his heavenly Father from all eternity and by the holy angel before he was conceived and they called his name jesus that is a savior which name as the apostle says philippians chapter two is above all names for neither is there any other name in heaven given to men wherein we must be saved acts chapter four the second is that on this day our lord jesus began to shed his most precious blood for our sakes so earnest was he to begin early to suffer for us that he who knew no sin undertook this day to endure the pain of it for us here let tenderness move us to compassionate him let us shed at least some few tears with him who on this day shed so many for us for though upon solemn days we rejoice at our salvation purchased by the mysteries they commemorate yet ought we likewise to conceive an inward sorrow and compassion for the anguish and pain endured by him who so graciously performed them we have already seen how many were the afflictions he suffered together with the great poverty penury and distress he underwent at the time of his sacred nativity but among other things was this which hitherto has not been related his blessed mother when she had reposed him in the manger having no pillow with which to raise his head made use for that purpose of a stone which not unlikely she might cover with hay this i had from a devout brother who saw it in spirit and the same stone being now fixed in the wall is a visible memorial of it a cushion or a pillow we may piously imagine would much rather have been her choice had she been mistress of one but having nothing more proper to answer the end to the great affliction of her tender heart she was compelled to make use of that we have said before that on this day he began to shed his sacred blood for us and that indeed in a most severe manner for his tender flesh was cruelly separated with a blunt and edgeless instrument of stone what pity then ought not this move us to towards him and his holy mother what tears then did not the tender infant jesus shed at the incredible pain he suffered in the incision of his sacred flesh for his was truly so and as sensible of pain as that of any pure mortal and can we reasonably imagine then that his holy mother when she saw her beloved child in tears 
could contain herself from them no we may well suppose that like a compassionate parent she ever accompanied him in all his afflictions so that her tender heart melting now with grief in seeing him cry she burst forth into tears herself and wept bitterly so likewise may we imagine that more affected with his mother's grief than his own the holy babe as he lay extended on her lap waved his little hands towards her lips her cheeks and her eyes as it were to dry up those precious drops and to request her to forbear shedding them struggling at the same time to hide the excess of his own torture to mitigate hers but she alas was too sensibly affected with his suffering not to shed tear for tear with him yet the divine wisdom within her supplying the want of speech in him enabled her to know his pleasure before he had words to utter it hence perceiving that her grief added to his pain often would she try to suppress it and with signs of forced tranquillity endeavour to console him still often would she sigh and with forbidden tears ready to flow from her eyes and waiting as it were in a state of violence to break forth thus frequently would she address him with complaints of the most tender love forbear lovely babe forbear those precious tears or suffer mine to flow how can thy loving mother see those dear eyes bedewed and cease to weep hence the blessed infant in compassion to his holy mother would moderate his sobs and give over weeping and she with a mother's tenderness would wipe his sacred eyes and her own incline her face to his closely and tenderly press his blessed cheeks and give him suck and study meanwhile the most likely means to lull his pain and cherish him in this manner she behaved as often as he bewailed himself which we may reasonably believe he often did after the nature of other children first to show the miserable weakness and wretchedness of man's condition whose nature he had truly assumed and secondly to conceal himself from the devil that he might not as yet know him to be god for this reason the holy church alluding to him in part of her service sings the tender infant as he lies in the cold manger shakes and cries from this time indeed the circumcision of the flesh was abolished and its obligation ceased baptism being instituted in its place which is a sacrament of more extensive grace and less repugnant to nature as being void of pain and yet gentle reader the practice of spiritual circumcision ought still to remain in force which consists in divesting ourselves of all that is superfluous and embracing true poverty of spirit he and he only is in truth spiritually circumcised who is truly poor this says st bernard the apostle teacheth us in few words having food and raiment let us be content therewith first timothy chapter six in a word our spiritual circumcision must appear in all our senses let us then show we are indeed spiritually circumcised by renouncing 
as much as our nature will admit of the use of sight of hearing of taste of touch but above all our speech much talk is a very great vice odious to god and man and ever attended with fatal consequences we must therefore show ourselves circumcised in speech by speaking seldom and never but to a good purpose to speak much is a sure sign of levity on the contrary silence is a noble virtue and not without great reason especially recommended to religious persons concerning this subject st bernard says he is truly qualified to speak who has first learned to be silent for silence is the only proper nature of speech and again in another place it is ever the propensity of weak judgments to be rashly forward in speaking for the hasty conceptions of a light fancy are always as hastily delivered by an unbridled tongue wherefore says st bernard on the same subject who does not know how greatly man is defiled by the mire dropping from his own tongue that is by his idle discourse by the falsehoods he advances by slander by flattery in a word by almost all his conversation checkered with malice and vanity to restrain all which he stands in great need of silence a virtue which is as it were the sentinel of religious hearts and their chief safeguard against irreligion and indevotion so dangerous is too much talk even to laymen according to that great saint but much more so if we believe him is it to the clergy hear what he says elsewhere in relation to them idleness says he is the mother of idle jests and consequently a barbarous stepmother to virtue innocent jokes are trifles in the mouths of laymen but all ludicrous discourse is unseemly in the mouths of clergymen priests may sometimes take a joke but should never indecently return it it is unworthy their dignity to defile with such kind of discourse those lips which are dedicated to and consecrated by the holy gospel which they pronounce End of chapter 7